Hello, welcome back. It is week 117 on Out on That Line, the go-to podcast for Kesha fans worldwide. I'm Jeff with my co-host, Alex. As always, Alex, how are you doing this week? I am over here licking my wounds because you talk about that Kesha episode. Woo-wee, did we step in it with that one. Holy shit. I can't believe, I like, we always joked about, like, pissing off Swifties, pissing off the beehive, neither of which ever happened. I think we're so low in the pecking order, it would never even occur to people to come engage with us. But apparently the the little monsters or the animals or whatever they call her fans, they have the time on their hands to seek us out and, like, be really personally aggressive. Like, trying to say things that, like... <laughs> destroy your spirit and make you question who you are and why you're here. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, they stopped just shy of like telling us to unalive ourselves, Correct. you know, so <laughs> I really, you know, I guess good on Kesha for having such dedicated fans, you know, that's always a, a task to achieve. Um, I will stand by the fact that it just wasn't a great album. I mean, I don't care if we like missed certain things about it. I don't think knowing those things about it made it any better for me. So I don't think any of it in the end mattered whatsoever. No, none of it matters whatsoever. But it was it's just very funny to me that their whole thing is like, how dare you not build up Kesha and then proceed to break you down and be like, you should really one guy was so dramatic, <laughs> he was like, You should sit and think about your life and really consider how serious you're gonna take this thing. Because if you want this podcast to be he like gave us an aggressive like Herb Brooks pep talk, while also like the undercurrent was unalive yourselves. Like, I want to hurt you yes. bad enough that you consider that an option. Um, and I just think that's the funniest shit ever. So for that reason, I don't know. The Kesha album might be my favorite thing that came out this year because it gave us that. And I don't think we've seen the end of the animals. You know, I kind of I like that angle that you're looking at it from there. And I and I tend to agree. Um, I think overall, you know, it's a very positive experience for everyone involved. <laughs> I couldn't be happier <laughs> with the way things went. But what do you say we get right into this album, this Jason Isbell in the 400 unit in the new album, Weather Veins, which was, I will start right off the bat. I always do this now as I look at how long the album's going to be, just so I kind of know I can kind of plan my time out. And this one comes in at a flat hour. So in my opinion, I think it's worth spending that hour, but just know that you're going to have from start to finish it's a bit longer than a lot of the albums we've we've been doing recently. And I think that that does kind of matter. And I'll get into why as we get deeper into the album. Um, but I don't know how much Jason Isbell you'd listened to in the past. Um, it's not I don't know if I'd really listen to like mountains of it or anything like that. There's a couple albums that I'd listen through and then songs that'd be on playlists and things like that. So I had pretty like, okay, knowledge of Jason Isbell and certainly follow him on Twitter and kind of just have a sense about who he is. Um, but this was the first time I really just like sat down and was like, I'm going to consume a Jason Isbell album in a manner of like, I'm really going to just dive in and pick it apart and, and just see what you know really how good it is. Um, and right off the bat, I mean, I, I really overall was very impressed with this album. Yeah. I mean, not to bury the lead, but I loved it. And again, I think I'm probably on a similar level with Jason Isbell where Nashville sound is really the one I'm most familiar with. Um, but I wouldn't say that I'm like a giant, again, this is one of those moments where we admit our lack of expertise, 
but we can say we have some sense of familiarity. Um, so obviously when it was coming out, I was like, it's probably going to be great. And lo and behold, it like completely blew my expectations away. And the weird thing is when the like first like minute of the album started and we got kind of like caught into this, like for a minute I was like, whoa, the mix sounds off. His voice is like really prominent in the mix. And I was like really weirdly fixated on like this, this doesn't like sound right. What's going on? And then you realize you're an idiot and it's intentional and it just like builds and builds and builds. And that's the story of this album is it will like sneak things in at you and then just blow them up without you even like realizing it's happening until it's too late, which is an ominous way to say it's an endlessly technically excellent and clever album with a, with a, with a ton for us to get into. Yes. And this for me, and I knew Jason Isbell was like a really, really good songwriter. You know, I knew that that was a a real strength of his and kind of always has been. That's why he's in the position he's in. I didn't realize like how good of a singer he is, like how, technically good of a singer he is and like how good his voice fits in this style of music it's just like very vital in kind of how it feels and how it sounds throughout the whole album um i i also think his like just wordplay and songwriting itself just right off the bat is is really good really strong start with death wish but it just gets better and better and better as the album goes on and and musically things change and move in and out. And there's always, like you said, there's surprises all over the place, things that you didn't know he was capable of that he just like throws in there and everything fits so seamlessly. Like at no point in this album did I feel like there was stuff that was disjointed or, or didn't belong where it was. You know, I felt like it was all sequenced very well. I mean, it just top to bottom, I think was just extremely strong, you know? And I think of, of what I know about his, his past work and everything. I think this is the best I've ever heard out of him. And even the stuff that I think was not necessarily the strongest material on the album, like middle of the morning to me, like I, I did something I haven't done in a long time. And I took notes. I took three pages of notes Mm -hmm. while I was listening to this through and then like going back through it. And I have lyrics from almost every song. So like middle of the morning is one of those where I just have like one line and it's nothing. But a lot of these, it's like you listen to them and you read the lyrics and you're like, fuck, this is an insanely political album, but it's not preachy. It's universal, but it's like super personal to him. Like he's not telling anybody what to do. He's presenting these stories. He works out a lot of his like future anxiety through his songs, all these like what if scenarios. What if I was this person or I made this choice? What if this happens down the road? He's exploring all that stuff, talking about a ton of topics, which we'll get into, um, and doing it just like perfectly. Because again, it's not done in a way where any, you know, goon could jump in there and be like, oh, I don't like that he's he's condescending to me. He's pre- Why is there an agenda in his music? It's like he's telling stories about very real, very terrifying things and his take on them. And it's not shoving it down anyone's throat. It's like high wire balancing act that he pulls off flawlessly. Yeah. And and I really, I'm just, I was kind of going through and reading some of the lyrics in some of these songs um, and just really just taking in how good it is. Like there's a lot of, 
you know, there's a lot of kind of like entendres and things that mean two things at once and, and that kind of stuff in there. But there's also just a lot of straight out like linear kind of storytelling as well. And he does both so well. You know, a lot of times you get an artist that's good at kind of one or the other. You know, like I think Gordon Lightfoot type of songwriters, like kind of linear storylines, like point A to point B. You know, there's some some deeper thought and meaning behind that stuff, but it's all based around kind of a, you know, beginning, middle, and an end. And I think Jason Isbell like straddles the line between like very existential type of lyrics, like things that are, you know, take some unpacking and take some, some real like kind of introspection to figure, cause you have to figure out how it relates to you to understand what he's saying. And I think that's a really kind of rare skill, I guess. I don't know. Well, maybe not rare. I guess everybody, connects to things in different ways but he's one of the rare artists i guess i'll put it that way he's one of the rare artists that i think is able to create that connection with me and i think the way he writes lyrics it allows me to think deep enough about them that i get interested but it's also easy enough to understand that you don't you don't have to work that hard at it but a little bit of hard work is very rewarding with his music yeah, because they're not, you're right, the lyrics are not like super esoteric read between the lines. They're they're definitely more storytelling and they're very existential. And you can't like, if if that's what you're doing is telling an existential story, you can't fuck around. You have to be kind of clear about it. But what you do is be interesting and poetical about how you're going about it. And so like, we should, I guess, just get into it. My runaway favorite on this album, King of Oklahoma. Oh, incredible yeah, hook. Dude, that song is so good. Incredible hook. She used to wake me up. It was mm-hmm. incredible. And then like you have wordplay, which is like darkly funny because when you look at it in isolation, you're like, that's very funny. And then you look at it in the context of the song, you're like, that's very dark. Um <laughs> So it's the story of opioid, like a guy who descends into opioid abuse and loses mm-hmm. everything. And it's like the story. So there's this segment where it's like, what happened to get him there? I was emptying my bladder on a 20 foot ladder. I should have climbed down and found myself some shade. So he fell off a ladder and fucked up his back while he was taking a piss. So like, mm-hmm. ah, ha, ha. In like a Chris Farley movie, you'd laugh your ass off. In this case, it leads to him becoming hopelessly addicted to opioids. Yeah. And. It's just like lines like that that paint such a vivid picture and like talk about stealing copper and being like really fucking dark and frank about it. But it's also like really beautiful that chorus about like she used to make me feel like the king of Oklahoma. Like you're mm-hmm. riding so high on that feeling and then you're realizing that he just doesn't have that anymore and it's brutal. And the songs, he does a great job in these songs of like humanizing these things, th- these characters and kind of flip in between like, well, okay, here are their flaws and here's what's their mm-hmm. hopes and dreams. It's re- it's just really great storytelling. And you know what? I, I sort of got the sense here. So one of Sturgill Simpson, the Ballad of Dude and Juanita in the way that album's kind of structured and the way those stories get told and there's different characters that you learn about. And it's there's it seems like kind of vignettes rather than like one big kind of concept over the whole album. Um, also, um, Fountains of Wayne, welcome interstate, uh, managers, messengers, mm-hmm. managers, you know, so that, that sort of kind of structure of that album as well. I feel like I kind of got some similarities between that and this Jason Isbell album. 
in that it's just there's it's a kind of a compilation of stories that kind of tell that contribute to one bigger message i guess mm-hmm. um and it it to me king of oklahoma is fantastic um if you insist is fantastic um as you move towards the end miles is like 7 minutes long and the entirety of it is fantastic i mean it's mm. just everything works like there's a purpose to everything so when i was you know when you talk about an hour long album like that's that's a chunk like that's a chunk of time compared to you know a 38 minute album a 40 minute album um you're talking about four or five extra songs at least when you go to an hour versus something that's like 38 or 40 minutes so it's a substantial difference and a lot of times what can happen is you have some filler songs because it's hard to write 18 songs and have them all be good it's a lot easier to write 10 or 11 so that's why a lot of bands do it that way and that way they're not kind of firing all their guns at once they can save some of those songs for another album you know another time whatever it might be to do an hour-long album and have you know the longest song on there is seven minutes everything else comes in at like between three and five minutes Mm -hmm. you know that's a lot of songs on that album and to have them all contribute something equally and and i guess there are a couple songs on there that are a lot better than most other people are going to write just doesn't hold up quite to the level as the other songs on this album so like relatively i guess aren't as good um but i'm not really trying to bash them that much because there wasn't a lot on this album i didn't like Um, yeah it's just to be able to do that over a full hour is that takes some talent you know and it's not just songwriting talent it's also you have to be charismatic is you have to like make me want to spend that much time with some art that you put out you know and and, you know i think that's part of his deal is that word we always talk about is authenticity like none of this seems like a lie nothing he ever says like on twitter or in interviews ever seems like a lie everything whether if the truth is going to hurt his stock he's going to say it anyway you know and i think that is to be appreciated not only in his songwriting, but just in general as a person, you know, and I think that's what makes it so satisfying to have an album like this because it's an hour. It's a long album, but every bit of it was good because one, I like him and it was really good music. And even the stuff that I wasn't crazy about, like um, middle of the morning, like I said, and then Vestavia Hills mm-hmm. and stuff like that, where I'm like, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't rise to the level of the best, like the top tier stuff on this album. But at the same time, it's like, what are you going to pick on about it other than mm-hmm. it was outclassed by, I think, songs that had more thematic depth to them. Um, yeah. So just stuff like White Barrette, like the topics that are discussed on this fucking album, I'll just re- I'll just rattle them off for the people mm-hmm. in order. We have Death Wish, which is about a suic- loving a suicidal woman, an unalive woman. I don't know what I'm going to say. Um, King of Oklahoma, opioid addiction, strawberry woman, losing your old ways as you grow together out of codependency and into full functioning relationship. So not super extreme. Um, mm-hmm. Save the world, Uvalde. It's a song about, and again, it's the the it's an inherently political song, but it's a super personal song because he's thinking about mm-hmm. it from like the the perspective of a parent. He's on record as being like a horribly anxious person. So, like, add to that, like, it's the image, like, what's the line in it? Um, A balloon popping at a grocery store. My heart jumped out of my chest. I looked around to find the exit door. Which way out of here is the best? And it's, like, this, like, private and public 
moment in the bridge where he's like, can we keep our daughter? Can we homeschool her? Can we never let her get out there in harm's way? So it's like specifically from the point of view of a terrified parent. It's not like Mm -hmm. thrusting anything on anyone that they can't understand. So again, it's like very political, but it's very personal. And that's what made this like such an interesting album to me because it's all these different perspectives and he seems to be like so deeply embedded in all of them. It's mm-hmm. he's he's great at creating these characters that are part him again because he's working out his feelings about these things. It's it fucking rocks. It's so it made an hour feel like simultaneously a lifetime in a second. Yes. And that's I mean that honestly that's what great albums do. And and this one to me is a great album. You know, and I think I I heard an interview that he was doing when I was over in I was over in California over the weekend and when I was driving around I had I was just like going through radio stations and landed on NPR and it was an interview he was doing about this album. And they were asking specifically about that song um called Save the World and they were asking him just about kind of where it came from and all that. And he said he had kind of the hardest time writing that song because obviously the subject matter. And he was like, how do I, he, I guess he was just concerned about like how he could say what he needed to say and the way that he wanted to say it. Um, and I think that was his big issue and probably, I mean, probably same issue. A lot of songwriters run into on a lot of different songs, but I think because of this topic and, and how sensitive it is, that's something he, obviously that plays into it. You know, he's not an ignore the rest of the world. I'm just going to say whatever I want to say kind of person. You know, he is somebody that I think does like considers what his place in the world means and what his position means in relation to other people and how to make sure that he's kind of, you know, taking care of himself while also not hurting anybody else. You know, and I think that when he takes that approach to his songwriting, you can get a song that could like save the world could have gone a bad way you know you could it could have been like uh where were you when they built the ladder to heaven you know it could have very easily gone like that kind of way with that something very cheesy and like a we are the world kind of bs you know but it didn't it was it said exactly i think what those songs are were trying to say about their particular topics but it said it in a way that it's personalized it so much. Like, I think that's his main talent is making you feel and, and look at things from the angle that he is. I think when you can tell stories so in such detail and kind of flesh out characters in, in a four minute song as well as he can, it makes it so easy to buy into that stuff. And he, it, you know, if you're talking about like a songwriter in their prime, I don't know if anybody's in their prime harder than Jason Isbell is right now. He's so intentional and methodical with, you can see it in the lyrics. Like the, it's like you said, the way he wants to say what he wants to say, he thinks about it. And the point is he has something to say. It's not just like, well, this is a hot topic. I should write a song about this. This is like, this is eating me up inside and I need to find the proper way to express this. So that I can deal with it and nobody can mistake how I feel and where I stand on this thing. And the only other person who I think is doing something similar is our guy Tyler Childers. Like at the Mm -hmm. risk of becoming too self-referential to our own 
lore on the show. It's true. They both like hot on the heels of can I take my ounce to heaven comes, which was like very personal in a different way. It was very spiritual. It was trying a lot of different stuff on mm-hmm. it, it. The fact that it was like three different versions of it. Like that was Tyler Childers doing something audacious. This is Jason Isbell making a straight up album and just letting his inner artist all hang out all 10 and a half inches of it just hanging out all <laughs> over the album and it's it's just it's one of those albums you love to run across because some things get you more on like the style or the way that the music sounds or the playfulness of the lyrics but this is so rich in everything theme lyric music execution his voice he's like great at characterizing it in different ways to play different characters without it being goofy. It's just, it it fit. It's no wonder he's going to be in the next Scorsese movie because he seems like he's got like a really decent sense of drama without being cheesy. And it helps him say these things and pull these things off. And you believe it, you buy into it. And it's just, it's a hell of a ride. And I think, not to spoil anything or jump ahead, but for me, it's an obvious buy it. Oh, 100%. I'm going to buy the CD. I'm going to buy the vinyl. <laughs> whatever whatever version of this album I come across, it's it's going into the collection cuz it's and I think when we when you come across cuz this is the same kind of music we've done a million reviews on. You know, like this is not he's very inventive within this genre, you know, as far as like kind of the instrumentation he might use and the structures of the songs here and there. But it's it's like country music. You know, it's it's like that country you know, I don't know if they want to be called Americana, but it's like that skewed on that side of the music. It's like a cross between the Gaslight Anthem and Tyler Childers. You know, I think Jason Isbell kind of falls like kind of right there in the middle. And to me, it's like it's just sometimes an album gives you a feeling like the Sturgill Simpson album, The Ballad of Dude and Juanita, just like it was such an off the wall kind of album. But it just gives you that feeling that this is a quality piece of work. You know, and and you can at least appreciate that. For me, since they, you know, Sturgill's one of my favorite artists and Jason Isbell is, I mean, clearly kind of on his way if he keeps putting albums out like this. Um, You know, it's like I'm going to be more biased towards that music anyway, but when it's this good, I think anybody could get into this, you know, and, and I don't know if it's like if there's a genre, a certain person that's like this genre is just not for them, but I think this genre is like, pretty easy to listen to like that's very inoffensive as far as the instrumentation and the song structures and things like that it's it's pop music and structures and i just if you can't get into this album you're probably not going to be into any type of this music at all because this is as good as it gets yeah if you don't like this you're a cold cold fish <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe the kesha people would like to listen to this and chill the fuck out they should they, I, if, of anybody that needs to listen to this album, it's everybody that commented on that, on that video of ours. Don't <laughs> be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> yeah. But we did have some on, I think on one of those, I don't know if it was the Kesha album or somebody else that commented something that they didn't like about our video. I guess that's the like drawback of finally getting a decent amount of followers is that you're going to get more and more people that maybe aren't going to like what you have to say. Uh, but we've got people that jump into the comments and defend us. So that's pretty neat. You know, I think that's where the spotlight needs to go here. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's nice to have people who will fight your battles for you, I've always said. 
Um, and it's nice to see that dream <laughs> becoming a reality for me. Um, but that is legitimately cool that the channel has kind of taken on. You see, start to see kind of some of the the usual suspects, mostly with the Australians. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty wild thing to see. And the funny thing is, you can see it at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash out on that line. If you want to witness what's going down in the comments, who's at war with who, faction warfare. We've got Swifties fighting the beehive, fighting the animals, fighting the monsters, because I think those are Lady Gaga's people. It's just dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. It's all over the comments on the Out on That Line YouTube channel which can be found at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash out on that line. Singles, videos, reactions, podcasts, anything we feel like doing. We have stuff we haven't even unleashed on you yet because we, if there's one thing we love, it's making a threat and not following through. And you can come and see <laughs> how much we mean that shit at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash out on that line. Yeah. Everything he just said, go to the, go to the site, go to the channel Subscribe down below. Let us know what you want to hear. Until next time.